The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. We are live from CSC's location in Newark, Delaware. Well, you know why we're here? We just had the Bender Leadership Graduation Ceremony for all those students from the Delaware area that participate in a program that starts on Disability Mentoring Day. Disability Mentoring Day, how about that? You know what I have to tell you? We are hot news today. We're the first with this national show where we have with us the chair, the new chair of the National Council on Disability. We are so lucky. We are enormously lucky to have today, not only is he my guest, he's a true warrior for civil rights for Americans with Disabilities. I met him many, many years ago while he was working for President Clinton at the White House. Remember why I said I'm here today for a program that starts on National Disability Mentoring Day? Well, guess what? My guest is the originator and founder of that National Disability Mentoring Day and the chair of the Disability Power and Pride Committee. He is my friend, your friend, and our champion, Jonathan Young. Welcome to the show. Joyce, thank you so very much. It's a pleasure to join you. Uh, You always make uh, uh, your guests feel so incredibly uh, welcome. Uh, Pleasure to join you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you with us. And, Jonathan, congratulations. We are all so proud of you, and we're so proud of this presidential appointment as the new chair of the National Council on Disability. I wonder for our listeners throughout the world if you could take a moment and tell them what NCD or the National Council on Disability is. Absolutely, Joyce. And first let me just say also thanks to you. It's been Wonderful to know you for 11 years now since I met you at the White House Award that you deservedly uh, received in 1999, and I want everybody to know that I specifically decided to have my first public appearance as chairman of the National Council on Disability be on your show. I know the reach that your show has and the following that you have, and um, I'm honored to be with you here today. Well, we're the honored National to Council- have you. We have an ex- I'm able to say exclusive. We have an exclusive, and that is why, and also Voice America is also very appreciative. But go ahead, Jonathan, tell them what National Council on Disability is. Surely, the National Council on Disability is a small, independent federal agency. It consists of 15 presidentially appointed and Senate-confirmed members who represent the breadth of the disability community. Each of the members are appointed for three-year terms. 
and there is a career staff. Uh, the agency has a small budget, and the mission of NCD is to make recommendations to the president, to the Congress, to federal agencies, really to um, any, any federal entity around disability policies and programs. It's an agency that has an extraordinary opportunity to make an impact on any disability issue and all types of disabilities by being engaged with, uh, like I said, the president, with the Congress, with agencies. Its, in, uh, its origins are quite uh, extraordinary. It was the agency that first conceived and developed and proposed the Americans with Disabilities Act, and that certainly is one of the crowning achievements of the National Council on Disability, and I look forward to doing everything I can to continue the great work of the council. Wow. Isn't that something when you think about it? That is really great. Well, uh, Jonathan, I'm sure you are very proud to be named chair of this very prestigious agency. Uh, what, what are some of your goals? Because knowing you, I know you have goals. I, I do have goals, but let me just take a moment uh, about my own relationship with NCD. I, I am truly honored, and, and part of it is the personal impact that it has for me. I was a person with a disability after a wrestling match in high school, but like many people, my first impulse was to run from disability. I had internalized many of the negative stereotypes around disability. I'd gone on to college and to graduate school, was pursuing a PhD, and I had an opportunity in 1996 to come to Washington, D.C. to write a history of the Americans with Disabilities Act for Gerben de Young at the National Rehab Hospital Research Center on a contract with the National Council on Disability. And frankly, that was a very difficult period in my life. It, I wasn't quite sure that that's what I needed to be doing, but I ended up pursuing it. And for me, that experience with the National Council on Disability was the basis for my identification as a person with a disability and really the, the foundation stone for everything that I've done professionally as a person with a disability. As I was doing the history and interviewing people, the likes of Justin Dart and Tony Corello and Dick Thornburg and Steve Bartlett and many leading advocates throughout the community, I had this transformative process of viewing disability as a great source of uh, pride and strength and power and uh, gradually identified more as a person with a disability and then pursued that work uh, in the White House and beyond. So. It's a, an extraordinary honor to me, not only because of the, the extraordinary place that the National Council on Disability plays, holds in our, in our government and in the community, but it's a wonderful return for me of my, my beginnings as a self-identified person with a disability. Well, that really had an impact on you. You know, you mentioned uh, Justin Dart. You did a lot of work with him before. And by the way, Yoshiko, hello to you, Yoshiko. You are such a wonderful follower of this show. And Yoshiko, Justin's spirit is still with us. Let me tell you that. But you, you did work a lot with him before. Um, what impact did he have on your life? Justin had an extraordinary impact. I actually had the privilege of living in his apartment building, and so I had a lot of time to be with uh, Justin and Yoshiko both and turned to Justin for advice going into the White House and for any number of things beyond that point. In fact, he was the first, the person who first called me and asked me if I would be willing to go work in the White House. And there are many things that I had learned from Justin, and I'll just say one. I think I spoke a bit about that on my last 
appearance on your show, but one of the pieces of advice that he gave to me going into the White House was a single word of listen. And uh, that's something that I've taken to heart. I certainly have uh, goals and objectives for things that I want to do with the National Council on Disability and other aspects of what I've done around disability, but I've tried to take to heart the, the, the work that Justin epitomized of listening and being engaged and hearing from the community. Yeah, I remember that story you told about Justin telling you he loved that article, What's So Great About Justin Dart? <laughs> right, right. That that was his favorite article and you couldn't understand why? Um, sure, it was, an, it, was an, it was an article that described sort of, you know, Justin was a, a wealthy person and it was talking about all of the things that he had done. And, you know, the point of the article was that you know, many people could have done what Justin had done with those kinds of resources. And if I'm remembering right, the, the concluding point of that story had been that, you know, Justin loved people, and that was part of his listening. He listened to people because he genuinely loved them. Uh, and his power, I think, came not from his resources, but the, the, the dignity and respect with which he treated every human being. Yeah. That is so true, Jonathan. Because, you know, Justin had the ability to work with all people, different groups of people, pull groups of people together, and, and that was his, that was one of his greatest strengths. It's just that he did, he did love everyone, and he did have a tremendous impact on so many people. As a matter of fact, one of the questions from Facebook, from Alinda, is, Jonathan, let me ask you this question. Do you feel that we have lost the passion that was present in so many of the past leaders? Do you really feel we have that today? Well, let me say to the extent that we have lost it, I'm determined to do everything that I can to bring it back. You asked me about my goals for NCD, and this really dovetails well both with that question and with the comments about Justin, because my initial goals for NCD, as I joined with a phenomenal group of members and uh, a great group of uh, career staff people as part of the agency, I'm focused more on the how NCD does its work rather than the specific, you know, what, if you will, the specific policy goals. Because I think when you look at the example of a person like Justin, you know, certainly he worked on specific policy issues, but what stands out most to me about Justin was the way he went about doing it, and that is that passion. It was that commitment. And so as I first began my process here as chairman of the National Council on Disability, we will certainly identify some specific policy goals to work on, but what I'm hoping to emphasize are some ways that we do things, to be engaged. I have my background as in White House public liaison. I want to be thoroughly and intensely engaged with people all around the country. I want the National Council on Disability to be an entity that's known for collaboration, uh, doing the kind of collaborative work that you described, bringing people together, bringing people to the same table. Not that we're always going to agree on everything, but let's at least sit at the same table together and understand each other, understand who each other really are, not who we think people may be, and find where the greatest uh, you know, elements of common ground are. I want NCD to be playing a coordinating role. We've got 
you know, an extraordinary breadth and depth of disability programs and policies scattered across the federal government, across congressional committees of jurisdiction, through state and local governments and various organizations. NCD holds a unique place as an independent federal agency and I think is very well equipped to help play a role to coordinate a lot of the various activities, not because we can control anybody else or should control anybody else, but we can make that our real focus, uh, facilitating coordination. I'd and also with like that, to focus- listen, we're going to go to a quick break, then we'll be right back. If you just joined us, that's right, you're getting to hear the great Jonathan Young, the new chair of the National Council on Disability. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters. We'll be right back with Jonathan Young. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Get ready for a show that breaks ground on the subject of women in motorsports and what it takes to dream, believe, achieve. Gas and Go with Alio is all about the movement that is happening lightning fast in women's racing. You'll get a wide array of perspectives from the drivers to the fans, as well as what it takes to be a role model in a male-dominated sport. Join your host, professional driver Ali Owens, for Gas and Go with Alio Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Power Up Motorsports Channel. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. If you just joined us, you're in for a real treat today because we have as our guest the new chair of the National Council on Disability, Jonathan Young, who is so nice that he allowed us to have him on first for this national public interview now that he's become the chair, and we're so excited. Jonathan, I know before we went to uh, break, you were talking about um, how you have various uh, goals and initiatives 
before in CD. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention? Sure. Let me mention two. I'd mentioned engagement and collaboration and coordination and two more. Uh, the next one is really being very timely and relevant. I think NCD has earned a reputation for putting out large and significant reports, and many of those reports, like Toward Independence in 1986, which paved the way for the Americans with Disabilities Act, the uh, report uh, just a couple of years back around the ADA Restoration Act, many of those reports have had a, uh, a huge impact, but in, in this day and age, I think the, the speed with which things move and happen and the nature of the Internet and blogging and Twitter and, and any number of things, I don't think we can really follow a model of putting out reports that are outsourced and take you know, a year or more to come back. And so my goal in terms of how we do things at NCD is to be timely and relevant, to be looking at what things are actually moving, where there are opportunities to make a difference, and to find whatever the right way is. Maybe it's a report, maybe it's a series of meetings, maybe it's some short little policy papers, you know, who knows. But, but let's, let's focus on being relevant to what's happening and the most efficient and timely way to provide that uh, input and advice. And then finally, uh, to be a, a trusted advisor. And NCD has an important role as being an independent federal agency, but I certainly learned in my experience in the White House that being independent doesn't mean being isolated or um, disconnected. And in order to make a difference, it's important to develop, to develop trusted relationships and uh, for people to know that when they interact with you or uh, NCD as an agency, that we are reliable and trustworthy and capable to deliver what we promise. And so I want to establish a very you know, robust sense that people can trust and turn to and rely on the National Council on Disability. Yeah, and that's what I'd like to see also. And Jonathan, just so I know, our listeners that are following you and following your work, we do have a uh, question here from Twitter, which is, uh, Jonathan, now that you are the chair of NCD, uh, will we be able to read your policy statements or any of the papers that you have written? Well, I haven't written any yet, but let me make a, uh, a steadfast commitment as part of my desire to be fully engaged and collaborative and coordinating that we will be exceedingly transparent in what we do, seeking input about what we do. And, in fact, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here because we haven't quite undertaken this process yet, but I think you'll start to see a very different public presence of the National Council on Disability you know, on the web with social networking media. And there'll be a variety of ways both for people to find out about what we're doing and for us to have the opportunities to be engaged with people around the country. Good. All right, and how do they follow you on NCD? What's the website? The website is quite simple. It's www.ncd.gov. And one more time? www.ncd.gov. All right, that's ncd.gov. And would they be able to send you comments there, Jonathan? Yes. Um, okay. And within a few weeks, there'll be new and diverse ways. But, yes, there are ways to contribute. All right. Well, you know what, Jonathan, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you are the originator of National Disability Mentoring Day. 
I remember when you called me and even told me, you know, mentioned it to me. I wanted to ask you, how did that all happen? I mean, how how did this first happen? <laughs> sure. That's one of the achievements that I'm most proud of, actually, during my days at the White House. I told many people at the time and have sense that I thought that would have one of the most enduring impacts because administrations come and go and, you know, ideas change. But fortunately, by having a mentoring day be taken over by the American Association of People with Disabilities, that, that has lived on. And in terms of how it came about, I'd, I wish I could say that there was great research behind it. It was, uh, as many things in the White House when, when I was there, uh, things are moving so fast. Uh, it goes back to this idea of looking for points of opportunity and how to be engaged. And in the Office of Public Liaison, as it was then called, each of the people working with different communities there were a number of different celebratory months. And so we had the October Disability Employment Awareness Month. And my second year there in 1999, we were exploring different things about what we could do to draw attention and not use it simply as a way to kind of celebrate, but really make a difference and do something. And some of the other communities, there was a, uh, a, a Hispanic uh, you know, job shadow day. There was the women's groups that worked on Bring Your Daughter to Work Day. And it struck me that that was one tangible way to break down some of the barriers around employment. We all know how deeply entrenched the unemployment and underemployment, underemployment problems have been, and there's no quick solution to you know, fix that. But one of the problems is simply fear and lack of awareness. And what we pursued was a small program that in a very low-risk kind of way, could bring students and job seekers into contact with employers without the expectation of a particular hiring environment, but just to be able to see what people with disabilities could do. And what I'm very proud to say is from the beginning and as it's developed and grown and surged through all 50 states and around the world um, under AAPD's leadership, people have gotten jobs and internships out of those mentoring day experiences. Uh, Mentoring is about much more than a day, but it starts with an encounter. And that's really what Disability Mentoring Day is all about, is providing a first opportunity for people to make contact and give people the chance to make something out of it. And I want to tell you, listen, folks, I remember talking to him on the phone about this. I remember him saying, well, you know, we need a day. If we can't have a month, we need a day. Um, and how, you know, we have to focus on employment. And it is amazing. I mean, think about that. What has happened? So wonderful. I remember it. But, I mean, I think, Jonathan, I, I have always believed and think that is a great accomplishment. Okay, from uh, Nancy here in Illinois. Uh, Jonathan, as you probably know, across the United States, many young people with disabilities are dealing with bullying every day. I know that Ms. Bender has talked about it many times on her show. I just wanted to ask you, for parents who have children with disabilities who are being bullied brutally at school every day, do you have any suggestions for them? Wow. Certainly, it's it's an issue that's pervasive in schools. I have three little daughters myself who are uh, soon to be three, five, and seven, and I'm certainly anticipating some of the difficulties that emerge you know, in the schools. And when there are disabilities involved, I think it can make those uh, typical bantering and bullying that can happen among kids generally all the more acute. And people sometimes perceive, at least what they perceive as, 
uh, weakness or opportunities to pump themselves up by putting others down. It's certainly inexcusable. I, I think one of the most important things is to be open in dialogue about it. I think all of us should be encouraging our children to be assertive in responding to uh, situations like that, to recognize that that kind of behavior is completely and unequivocally un unacceptable, to speak with parents, with people in the schools, and to turn to disability organizations. There are many community organizations um, in, in all of our towns and cities around the country, whether it's the Center for Independent Living or some of the disability-specific provider organizations or other advocacy groups or self-advocate groups or student-led groups. There are many people that have experience with, with these and other issues. So let's turn to those people that have experience and can share their own wisdom. Right. And you know what? I agree with him. And things have changed, folks. So, you know, you know, whenever I would meet people and they'll tell their children, ah, oh, someone does something to you or bullish, you just go in and hit them. Knock them out. Okay, well, then they're going to be knocking out a cheerleader. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you, the, uh, the what you have in your mind is the stereotypical bully of old has changed. And there was a recent report out that showed that young people with disabilities are bullied three times more than non-disabled. Right. But I agree with Jonathan. I think you've got to get to be part of a of our national youth leadership. That's why this Disability Mentoring Day is so great. You know, you need to be part of what we're doing. You've got to be part of something because it's very hard to do this if you're not. Well, you know I also what I mean? When, that... Whenever you're part of something, it makes it so different. You know, whenever you're part of a youth leadership or you're, you have, that's what we do. We have a Bender Lead On team where all these young people are empowered. And we're empowered to help one another and help each other. But uh, it's hard to do this on your own. But I, I also think there are some great signs of the difference that the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, IDEA, has made. And there are any number of stories of, you know, athletic teams incorporating people with disabilities into their events or into various activities in the schools. I remember acutely the story of my high school English teacher, uh, Sue Ryback, who had talked about one of her children when they were very young and went to pick out a Cabbage Patch doll. And the idea was, you know, to sort of pick one that looked like you. And the um, uh, her child, a Caucasian child, went and picked up uh, a couple of different dolls. And one was, you know, an African-American doll and one was uh, a Caucasian doll. And the child picked the African-American doll. And um, this is Ryback's, you know, sort of, you know, very understandingly said, well, you know, what is it that you like about, you know, this doll? And the response was, we have the same eye color. And mm. I think oftentimes the, the, the differences that we perceive are culturally developed over time. And for many young kids, I don't think they see things the same way. And to the extent that disability is increasingly a normal part of life, and kids grow up with that as opposed to encountering it for the first time later in life, they can recognize that as part of our broad and diverse shared experience of humanity and not view people with disabilities as, you know, something alien or different or, you know, fearful uh, that should be connected with bullying. Yeah, we talk about that all the time because one of my um, employees, well, actually she's a director in the company, she's phenomenal, Kelly Kaczynski, her daughter, Caitlin, was born on same day as Chani Coelho, June 15th. And we call her the Bender Baby 
Well, she's been in, she's now, you know, two years old, been in the office all this time, but she's been around people who are blind, wheelchairs, deaf, everything. And I can assure you, we talk about it all the time. When she goes to school, it will be no big deal. Exactly. It will be, oh, you're like all the people that work for mommy. Right. You're like all those people, all the people I'm friends with. That That's what it will be. And, and that's, you know, that's, of course, not happening enough or we'd have a better employment situation. But we'll talk more about that in a minute. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Jonathan Young, the chair of the National Council on Disability. Get ready, folks. Get ready, because he's going to rock and roll with that National Council. I'm telling you, I know him. Get ready. We'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters every single day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. Are you a wow, a wise, outrageous woman of a certain age who wants thrilling work, vibrant health, joyful relationships, financial freedom, and the new F word, fun, in the next stage of life? Join host Lynn Schreiber in the Wow Zone each week where you'll meet amazing women who are creating lives filled with passion, purpose, and pizzazz. In the Wow Zone, broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Anything is possible. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back. And we're talking to Jonathan Young, who is the new chair, presidential appointment, of the National Council on Disability. And you know what? I've known him a long time, and he is such a wonderful person. He really is. 
He really cares about people with disabilities. He really wants to make a difference, and I know he will make a difference in America. Uh, but he's involved in many things. He's also a leader of the Committee on Disability Power and Pride. And I wonder, Jonathan, if you could just switch hats for a minute and tell everyone about that. Sure. I, I do want to keep my hats clear in terms of when I'm uh, sort of acting as chair of the National Council on Disability versus any other capacity, but I am the co-founder and vice chair of the Committee on Disability, Power, and Pride. That's an organization that we founded and developed after the inaugural ball, which we had hosted as a uh, first-of-its-kind event sponsored and hosted by the disability community last January. And in very brief terms, uh, the, the website, we have a new website up and running. It's www.mypowerandpride.org, and there's more information there. But in the, the briefest sense, the, the, the founding idea behind uh, the Power and Pride, as we're calling it, was to be more political as a community, not, not big P partisan politics, but small P political, to be engaged in the political process. We're seeking status as a uh, 501c4 organization, which means that we can't accept charitable contributions, but we're more able to be directly engaged with the political process. And what we want to do is build a very large tent uh, for the entire spectrum of the disability community, for people with disabilities, for families and friends of people with disabilities, and find ways to uh, facilitate dialogue and collaboration and unity among the broad disability community so that we can be engaged in the political process and not just wait until people are elected into office or appointed into office and then make demands of them, but be engaged as other communities do throughout the entire political process. And, and has this ever happened before? No. There are certainly there have been many cross-disability organizations. What's different about this one is the focus on the, the political, and again, I don't mean partisan politics, I mean small p political. And the other part that you'll see uh, this summer, we're, we're hosting a, a Disability Power and Pride anniversary gala for the Americans with Disabilities Act on July 26th here in Washington, D.C., and we'll be in, unveiling in connection with that a merchandise campaign. And the core of the merchandise campaign is a logo, Disability Power and Pride, and the, the, the core symbol of that merchandise campaign is the ampersand, and we'd spend a lot of time trying to figure out how do you symbolize disability. We've had, you know, a wheelchair or an aggressive postured wheelchair or some braille dots and some sign language to try to be cross-disability. And as we were struggling to figure out a way to be cross-disability and symbolizing disability, it finally dawned on us that really symbolizing disability itself isn't really the goal. It's symbolizing the connectedness of disability in our lives where disability is part of who we are, but not the entire essence of who we are. So that I am an attorney, I am a presidential appointee, and I'm a person with a disability. Uh, you are a uh, employer extraordinaire and, and trainer, uh, and you are a disability, a person with a disability, Joyce. Uh, and then the ampersand becomes a symbol of connectedness. It's a symbol of the coordination and collaboration. We can talk about uh, AAPD and nickel and uh, CCD and ADAPT, and we can talk about health and disability, disability and employment. And so the symbol becomes one of how disability is part of who we are as a people, part of who we are as individuals and families, part of who we are in our organizations, and part of the way we look at various issues. And so you'll start to see a branding campaign around this idea of the ampersand. 
That is really a great idea because what you're really showing is how really total and encompassing disability is. It isn't one thing. That that is really great. That is really neat. And when will we all when will we see this again? Well, there's a um, uh, there's a you know again the, the website is www.mypowerandpride.org. There's also an e-commerce site, www.mypowerandpride.com, and there's nothing there yet except for tickets for the, the gala celebration, but that will be the place, uh, the store, if you will, where you'll be able to find the merchandise. And for those of you who are familiar with the Human Rights Campaign and their extraordinarily successful logo of the blue square with the yellow equal sign in it symbolizing equality, that's sort of the, the model. You know, we'd like to get to a point where people can recognize the ampersand itself and, and know what's behind that. And if we can find ways for individual people with disabilities or parents or friends to wear a lapel pin or a baseball cap, you know, with that logo, it's a way to tell a story. It's a way to show how we are connected to one another and to talk about the extraordinary diversity, but nonetheless the connectedness that draws us together as a community of people with disabilities and supporters. Jonathan, I think that's phenomenal. And, and I just want to mention again, earlier when we were talking about uh, Disability Mentoring Day, one of the questions we have here from Maine, from a Tom, is, uh, Jonathan, I just want to tell you I didn't understand before uh, your involvement in founding Disability Mentoring Day. I think that's fantastic. Uh, my question is, do you see progress in the school systems in reference to education being equal for students with disabilities? Well, let me be quite uh, blunt in answering a question like that. One of the things that I prided myself in in the White House was that I was responsible for every conceivable type of disability, uh, whether it was physical, you know, mental, psychiatric, or sensory, at every conceivable disability-related issue. And I could never be an expert on all of those issues. But what I tried to do was figure out where there were opportunities to make a difference, where the policy operations inside the White House were working on something. And as I was aware of the relationship to a disability issue, I would work to find the right people on the uh, outside in the community to make sure that the right people got in touch with one another. So I viewed my role largely as matchmaker. And as I come into my role as chairman of the National Council on Disability, I won't, for an instant, uh, pretend that I am an expert on all disability issues. Part of my goal is to have, you know, intense engagement from all of my, you know, wonderful fellow members on the National Council on Disability to maximize the, the capabilities and contributions of all of these staff and to be engaged with other partners and other agencies, with uh, advocates uh, all, all across the country. And I, I say that by way of background on education. Uh, Sarah Gelser is uh, one of the new members of the council, and she's a parent of a person with a disability and has spent a lot of time working on education issues. And I have uh, charged her with being our point person around education issues. And part of what she'll be doing and part of the reason she's here in town today is to pursue some meetings and some collaborations with advocates and uh, people at the Department of Education and others here in town. From my own perspective, in terms of progress, you know, I think it was, as with many things with disability, we've made 
progress, certainly not as much as we'd like to see. I think my biggest concern about the educational system is, particularly as we've moved toward an emphasis on testing, we're not doing anybody any favors if we pass people from grade to grade or indicate that they've been able to pass this or that test, and at the end of 18 or 21 years of age, we take people with disabilities that we've integrated into schools and direct them to get on benefits programs for the rest of their lives. Now, that's not to say that some people don't um, need those benefit programs. You know, absolutely, those are critical. But we need to be orienting our educational system around tangible outcomes so that we're preparing for people, preparing people to be productively and actively engaged to the maximum extent of their abilities when they finish that school system. And uh, again, I'll be working closely with Sarah Gelser and others on these issues. And you know, uh, I, I certainly welcome input from uh, from all of your listeners, Joyce, as to how we can make the most impact. Good idea and a good challenge. Uh, one more time, what's your website at NCD, Jonathan? It's www.ncd.gov. NCD.gov. You know. Don't, I always tell people, if you have a suggestion, tell the person, send an email. Don't, don't just walk around saying, well, why didn't they do this? If you have an idea, tell them. Although I can assure you, you're going to see more happening than you can possibly ever envision has happened in the past. And it's so exciting, isn't it, Jonathan, that you were appointed chair the same year as the 20th anniversary of the signing of the ADA. Absolutely. So there you are. You're going to be falling right up with Justin. Moving on. But with that, we're going to go to break for a minute. If you just tuned in, we have been talking to Jonathan Young, who is the new chair. He's the chairman of the board of the National Council on Disability. And we will be right back with Jonathan to close the show. If you don't go away, be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At last, a radio program dedicated to helping women look fabulous and feel fabulous naturally. You'll pick up tips on natural detox, learn about the benefits of whole foods, practice stress and relaxation techniques, and learn more about health, relationships, remedies, and self-motivation. Tune in to Feel and Look Fabulous with Arena. Broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We promise you, it's women's time well spent. 
Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Welcome back to the show. Hey, we're talking to Jonathan Young, the chairman of the National Council on Disability. And Jonathan, I knew you wanted, or know you were going to talk just for a few minutes about the summit. Sure, I'm delighted to uh, announce for people that don't know about it that the National Council on Disability is playing a role in hosting and facilitating a, uh, an ADA summit on July 25th to July 28th here in Washington, D.C., and this has been something that the National Council on Disability has been planning for a number of years. And since we've been confirmed, we've retooled the summit uh, a bit, and we've established a new thematic focus. Instead of talking about 10 separate tracks, you know, education, employment, technology, transportation, we've established a set of cross-cutting themes of living, learning, and earning. And this goes back to some of the themes that I mentioned at the beginning about coordination and collaboration. We can't really afford to talk about issues in isolation. We need to talk about how they relate to one another and talk about them as they relate to functions in life, the the living process, you know, learning, having accessible communities, uh, earning, not simply wage labor, but owning your own business or any other number of ways that people can be engaged uh, financially. And the, the most important point that I'd like to mention about the summit is while there are a few hundred people that will be gathering in Washington, D.C. for the summit, the summit has already started, and you'll be seeing soon on our website more ways to be engaged. And this summit really is a dynamic process that will go beyond the actual days of the anniversary. And I would like to take a moment and acknowledge Sarah Gelser, who actually uh, has just arrived into town from Oregon. She's one of my fellow new members to the National Council on Disability, and she is uh, the person that I've um, tasked to be our point person on education issues, and she is the team leader on the learning uh, section of the summit theme, and she actually just came into my office moments ago. I've met her for the first time uh, during the last break, and uh, I'd like to welcome Sarah, and Sarah, give you uh, a moment to introduce yourself, and to the extent that you'd like to share a few words about your own perspectives on education. Um, I mentioned to you that there was a caller. I, I welcome you to share. So I'm going to pass the phone over to Sarah here for a moment. Hello. Hey, Sarah, you're live on Voice America, and we are so happy to have you. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I have to say it's an honor to have met Jonathan in person for the first time just literally moments ago, and I'm just delighted to have the opportunity to serve on the National Council on Disability and participate in Jonathan's vision of really moving things forward for people in the United States with disabilities and to really have more 
collaboration across silos and to start um, really making sure that our policy reflects what we already know, that people with disabilities are whole people with whole lives that don't have little pieces of them that are cut up into different agencies. Well, I'll tell you what, it is massive, the amount of work that needs to be done. But with someone like you there, I know it's going to happen. So thank you so much, and thank you for joining us. We hope to have you you back on when we talk about education, Sarah. Well, I will look forward to that, and I'm going to pass you back to Jonathan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm back, Joyce. You know what? That is so nice of you to share. Boy, I'll tell you what. When you ask your question, you just get the person right in your office. Unbelievable. <laughs> no wonder the only way to a, go. He, not only is he an attorney, he has such an accomplished educational background. Can't you tell? Okay, be prepared. You ask him a question, he's going to bring the person right into the room. Speaking <laughs> of which, Jonathan, you and I have someone in common that has been a mentor to us, and that would be Tony, Tony Quello. Um, who, as you know, has been my mentor since I've been involved in the disability community. But I know he, too, has had a great impact on you and on your life, and I wonder if you could talk about that for a minute. Sure. I mentioned the story before about my uh, interactions with Justin Darden, how he had reached out to me to go into the White House. My earlier connection with the disability community, although it didn't translate to me personally uh, initially, was with Tony Coelho. We received an award together from the National Rehabilitation Hospital where I'd been a patient after I broke my neck in a wrestling match, and we received this award called the uh, Victory of the Human Spirit Award, and during the award ceremony my freshman year in college, uh, Tony walked up to me after the event and said uh, it was an honor to meet me and encouraged me to come work for him and told me to send him a letter, and uh, he'd have me join him in Congress as an intern, and frankly, I thought he was joking, <laughs> but I figured, you know, what the heck, I'd, I'd give it a try, so I wrote him a letter, and sure enough, you know, a week or two later, I got a letter back, and he had an offer to be a an intern, not in the constituent office, but actually in his majority whip office of the following summer, and brought me to all of the majority whip meetings, the Democratic caucus meetings, the, at the time, Jim Speaker, Speaker of the House his press briefings, and let me be a fly on the wall to see the political process. And I promptly returned to college, switched my major from uh, physics and engineering to political science, and, uh, you know, the rest is history, uh, as they say. One of the things I particularly appreciate about Tony now, given my role as chairman of the National Council on Disability, is the, the admiration for his ability to juggle many, many different things. Um, I don't think I've achieved his success by any stretch, but I'm learning the, the challenges and the, the joys of trying to be engaged with a whole bunch of things at the, at the same time. Oh, he is a great mentor, and he certainly is a ball of fire. I know he speaks very highly of you, uh, and what a great background that you had getting to do that. So you've had some great mentors with him, Justin Dart, so many great people. And now here you are, Chairman of the National Council on Disability. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, this year is the 20th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Jonathan, in your opinion, do you envision this year as being a year of impact for Americans with disabilities in reference to employment? 
Absolutely. And I would point first to the summit. And as I mentioned, all of those themes and goals at the beginning about engagement and coordination and collaboration and being uh, trusted and timely, that's what the summit is all about. One of, the, one of the three themes of the summit is earning. And earning is you know, largely about employment. If, if there's one barometer, and this is something Tony Coelho emphasizes all the time, one barometer of connect, connectedness and well-being in society, it's being able to uh, be productively engaged, to be employed, to be a contributing member of society. And certainly people with disabilities have struggled for many, many years being unemployed and underemployed. Our focus on the summit and my focus as NCD chairman, and in fact, those themes that I mentioned, living, learning, and earning, those are going to be our guiding themes under my tenure as chairman of the National Council on Disability. We want to focus not just on what are the policy objectives. I think we know those. It's how do we actually do something about it? So our goal coming out of the summit is going to be figuring out what are actual concrete action steps that we can do to make a difference in each of these areas, and that includes employment. Um, as you know, I'm a huge fan of public-private partnerships, and I think you'll see that to be a theme coming out of the summit as well. But absolutely, we're going to do everything within my power and my colleagues on the council and staff of the National Council on Disability to do everything we can to move the ball further forward on employment. Well, listen, I know we only have a few minutes left till we close this show, but I think we have a caller on the line. Hello? Joan. Hi, Joyce. It's hey, Joan, Stein. how are you? I'm terrific. How are you? Good. Nice to hear your voice. It's nice to be heard. Um, yeah. I, I just want to, I really want to applaud Jonathan and what the, what NCD is doing in terms of just getting the national voice and the, and the attention of the nation on the issues of people with disabilities. Um, as, as he so accurately quoted Tony, you know, you, you really can't be an active member of our society unless you're successfully and gainfully employed. And the flip side of that from my perspective as being an ADA consultant for more than 18 years now is, I often say to people, it's great if you're going to hire people, but you also have to make sure that they can get into the building. And, you know, just just looking at accessibility issues for people with the whole range of, of disabilities, whether it's mobility or sensory, um, where it, it's, it's rather sad that 18-plus years after the uh, regulations were promulgated for um, Title II and Title III for facilities, we still have design professionals across the country that are designing and constructing buildings, brand-new buildings that are not accessible, and that they say, well, it meets code. And they really have a hard time understanding that the ADA is a civil rights law. It's not a building code. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Joan. Uh, John, Jonathan, did you want to make any comments? Well, I wanted to harken back to something that Sarah mentioned also, and that's this issue of you know silos. And if you look at something like schools, you know, we can't cut pieces up into you know different agencies. If you take something like learning or earning, that's not the purview of one particular department or one particular aspect of life. The challenge, really, we we all know that we want meaningful educational opportunities for people with disabilities. We all know that we want more civil rights enforcement and more employment opportunities to accomplish those uh, goals. It's going to take really aggressive collaboration across these silos. It's figuring out how do you make sure that schools are accessible in order for people to get inside them to learn? How do people have a way to get to the school? How do people have 
healthcare services that they need or a place to live that's accessible and affordable. And so in our communities, in our uh, learning process throughout life, in our earning and retooling to earn, uh, we need to be thinking about how all these pieces work together and how we can develop the relationships to work productively uh, toward those goals. Well, listen, Jonathan, every time I have you on, this happens. It's like five minutes. The show is ready to close because you are so exciting. Before you go, and Joan, thank you so much for calling Absolutely. in. But before you go, Jonathan, what message do you want to leave with our listeners today? Well, as chairman of the National Council on Disability, the message I'd like to leave is I am uh, humbled and honored by this opportunity, and it's one that I do not pursue as a solitary individual, but as part of a robust and vibrant community. And I want to encourage everybody to be engaged as much as you are able to to do uh, with the work of the National Council on Disability, because this is our our shared work, not not the work of uh, just a handful of individuals. Oh, and that is so true. And and how appropriate, because today, because it was Jonathan on the show, we are closing the show with that quote from Justin Dart Jr. Lead on. Lead on, Jonathan. Lead on at that National Council on Disability. We are all proud of you. And everyone listening to the show, listen to me. Tell everyone you know to go back and listen to this show and follow NCD. Jonathan, thanks again. We're with you, Jonathan. Thank you, George. Pleasure to be with you. All right, everyone. Hey, remember, when you get the podium, speak up. See you next week. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.